If we haven't met before, my name is Ashley, and I'm the lead pastor here. And we're in a series called Indominus. Everybody say Indominus. And it's based on Jurassic World. I finally watched Jurassic World Dominion yesterday with my family. Raise your hand if you've seen it. Yes, some of you, not very many of you. Well, my four-year-old son is like a dino expert, and he was watching, 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 and he's like, ew, there's no Indominus in this movie. And he got bored and went to his room. (laughs) But the Indominus Rex in the Jurassic Park franchise is the dominator of all other dinos. It's got the DNA of a T-Rex, a Gigantosaurus, a Velociraptor, a Carnotaurus, and a few others combined. That's why he was like, I want to see it on the screen. It's amazing. Indominus in Latin means it's impossible to defeat. It's the best of the best. And this series is all about God's grace because his grace is the best of the best. It wins hands down every time. Grace upon grace upon grace. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds more. No matter where we miss the mark, no matter what happens to us, no matter what other people do, God's grace is greater than everything in our lives. We've been looking at Romans 5.20. It says, sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. And sin is simply places where we don't make the mark, where we miss the mark, where we fall short, where we're not perfect and we're not like God. But it doesn't have a chance in competition with his forgiveness called grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down every time. Come on. We're not like, oh, is grace going to win this time? I'm not sure. No, it wins every time. Today's message is called Rhythms of Grace. All the songs our band played today, they had a particular rhythm. You know, they had a pattern, a tempo, a beat, a time signature. We were like, grace upon grace upon grace. That's 84 BPMs. And that feels a little bit different, a little bit faster than when we sang I'm confident your faithfulness will see me through. It's only 77 BPMs. If you play the one click track for the other one, that gets crazy. See, our worship team, they have a a click track in their ears. That's what these little things they had were. And that keeps all of them on the same page because there's seven of them and hundreds of us. And when we get to clapping, sometimes... We get off out there, and it's powerful what's happening out there, but these guys, they need a voice guiding them, so they have some cues that say verse, chorus, and, and it tells them where to go next, and it keeps the beat for them. In fact, we have what it sounds like for you. One, two. There's a rhythm. Intro. Two, three, four. Come on. <laughs> and they listen to that. The whole time. So we're out here singing and they're hearing that the whole time. When we get off of the click track, they get us back on. I love it. Their cue keeps them in line. And instead of being like, ah, where do we go? What do we do? They're like, oh, we got it. It's good. It's good. When we get off, instead of sounding beautiful, it sounds a little bit like noise or chaos. Grace has a rhythm to it, too. And it has a flow. And man, when we're in the flow of grace, Everything feels so right and so good. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So good. That's such a refreshing passage. Just makes me want to breathe in. Can you all breathe in? And just breathe out. Grace. That's going to be our main passage today. Write it down if you're taking notes. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus says to us, are you physically and mentally tired? I mean, most of us don't even stop long enough to know if we're tired or not. We're just going, going, going. And we're getting our kids around this morning and finally our butts hit the chair in here and we're like, ah. I was reading an article this week. It said, since the pandemic, everyone on the planet has experienced a new level of tiredness. And we're not even aware of it because it's become our normal. Jesus also says to us, are you burnt out on religion? Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not a religious person, so that's not me. Have you ever tried to be perfect? Have you ever felt like you're on a never-ending treadmill, trying to matter, trying to prove yourself, trying to be valuable, trying to make your life count? Have you ever felt like you're carrying more than you were created to bear? That's the opposite of grace. It's religion, and that's human effort trying to earn holiness, trying to earn what Jesus already earned. We get burned out when we try to do everything all by ourselves. We get burned out because we're human, and we keep trying and trying to relate to God out of good works, but it's never enough because he's perfect, and his standard is holy and it burns us out. Never thought you'd hear that in church, probably, that religion burns you out. But that's what Jesus is saying. He says, are you burnt out on religion? It's exhausting. It produces guilt and shame. And we love Jesus because he sets us free from religion. Come on. He shows us how to take a real rest. So the good news of great joy for all people is that instead of doing everything ourselves, Jesus has a solution. He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, a real rest. Because maybe you've done all the things to rest, but you don't ever feel rest. You don't ever feel peace in your soul. Jesus says, have a relationship with God through me and experience what it's like for your soul to rest. Jesus did the work. He was perfect for all the places we were not. And at the cross, he said, it is finished. He took on everything, every place where we fall short, and he gave us every good thing where he was perfect. He gave us all of his righteousness. And like we sang today, now my soul can rest because my righteousness is found in you. We can rest because of Jesus. There is not trying or striving or falling short. That's what makes his rest so good and so easy, and so simple, because it's not about us, it's about him. In Jesus, we find rest for our souls, and our souls are our mind, our will, and our emotions. So we find rest for our thoughts that are racing all the time. Jesus says there's rest for that. We find rest for our will, and God actually changes our want to, to do what's best for us. And then we find rest for our emotions, our feelings don't have to be in turmoil because of Jesus. We can rest in him. He is grace. And the Bible says grace always supplies more than you need. The law demands, grace supplies. Religion burns you out, grace leads to rest. 
living under the law, living under religion, says, I don't need God. And God's like, okay, you can go ahead and try to do everything your way. My kids do that sometimes where they're like, mommy, I don't need help. I got this. And then I say, okay, you can try, but I'm here when you're ready to accept the help. Grace says, I receive God's grace. I run to him. I rest in him. And when we, when we go to God that way, he says, here you go. He responds by giving. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in him. Find pleasure in him. Enjoy a relationship with him. And he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in him, he gives you the desires of your heart. It doesn't say you have to be stressed about the desires of your heart, like, oh, I got to earn it, I got to make it happen. It says God gives it to you. He does what we cannot without struggle, without frustration, with delight, when we delight in him. We rest knowing he loves us, he's forgiven us, and he gives us grace. So instead of looking forward to this week, like I know I do on Sunday nights, I look at my calendar and say, what do I have going on? Instead of looking at your calendar and being like, oh my gosh, is there enough of me to go around? Or instead of looking at your finances and being like, can I pay all these bills? Or instead of thinking about that big project at work that you're about to present and the demands it's going to place on you, instead of all of that feeling stress and lack, instead of looking at what you don't have, you can rest in Jesus and you can look forward to this week with God's grace in mind, knowing that he is your supplier and that's rest. Not looking for what it's taking from you, but what God gives you so you can pour out from your grace flow. So you can say, I have everything I need for life and godliness because of Jesus. You can say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his glorious riches. You can say, the Lord fights for me. I need only be silent. You can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do what we need to do, not trying to prove or earn anything, but knowing that Jesus already did the work and we are at rest in his love. That means when you go to work this week and you are crushing it at work and you are meeting your deadlines, even if it's crazy, you've got peace internally. That means when you're running your kids every place to soccer practice and play dates and all the things they need to be at, you could be running all around but resting on the inside. That means when you're serving other people at church with joy and gladness, you have that because your soul is experiencing the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced, that means we don't make it happen, we don't manufacture it, we don't earn it. We don't have to struggle, we don't have to fight for it, we don't have to be stressed or impatient, we don't have to be frustrated. When you're feeling frustrated, that's a really good indicator. You need to get away with Jesus and recover your life. When you're feeling frustrated, your life is being controlled by your circumstances instead of trusted to your Savior. When you get with Jesus, you recover God's original intent for you. From the Garden of Eden, where God was walking and talking, and Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve were resting in him, in paradise. So we get away with Jesus. What does that look like? Maybe it's just for five minutes, listening to a worship song, like one of the songs you heard today. Maybe it's just like refocusing in the middle of your workday, magnifying Jesus. Maybe it's looking at a verse on your phone, or gathering your kids around and just praying with them. When you're feeling tired and stressed, get away with Jesus and he refreshes you. 
That's why it's important to have a weekly time of recharging with Jesus by coming to church and resting from normal work and the work of our home activities. And we're going to talk about that more this fall with our Roots series, all about family rhythms. So there were these two sisters. They were named Mary and Martha, and they illustrate the difference between burnout and rest really well. Mary was the fun sister, the laid-back one, the free spirit. She was probably the second-born. And then Martha, she was the one who is type A. She gets things done. If you have a project, you give it to Martha. She's not afraid to roll her sleeves up. She's dependable. And they both had their strengths, and they were both friends with Jesus. And he came over to their house. Mary decided to sit at his feet. And it says, Martha was preparing dinner. Luke 10, 40 says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had to make. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Okay, so Martha has what we call a bad attitude. And she's talking to Jesus, the Savior of the world, and she's like, uh, do you not care? Don't you see this? I'm working really hard here, and she's not. Verse 41 Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. So what is this passage saying? We've got Martha, she's running around, serving from a place of stress, worry, anxiety, and just being upset. I mean, she's getting dinner made, but her heart, man, it is heavy. She's got an attitude. She's not doing okay. Jesus doesn't say, stop making dinner. No, everybody still wanted to be fed. He says, Mary has chosen better because she's focused on Jesus. It didn't matter whether she was sitting at his feet. She could have just as well been making food with Martha, but her heart position was the better one because she was focused on Jesus. She was resting. She wasn't stressed. She wasn't like, please help me. She didn't have a bad attitude. She wasn't upset. Martha was doing a really good thing, but she needed to learn from Mary, and she needed to refocus. She needed to recover her soul like we do sometimes. She needed to get her peace back and remember, why was she making preparations anyway? She was making food for Jesus. Relax. Enjoy his company. Enjoy being at your house while you make your food. No matter what you're doing, whether you are cooking or working, whether you're at home, whether you are out on the lake, you can rest and relax in grace. And how do we learn to do that? Jesus says in Matthew 28, 29, we already read it, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And those are your fill-ins today if you're taking notes. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. I love it. We don't have to have it all figured out. Jesus says, I'll teach you. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace from me. He takes all the pressure off of us, and he carries it. This whole rhythm, it reminds me of a waltz. Jesus is saying, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. It's like 6-8. Can you guys say it with me? Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. That's good. You guys know your waltzes. <laughs> I'm not much of a dancer like all these talented girls you're going to see. But I like this kind of dance because in a waltz, the guy leads. So he directs the steps. He knows where he's going. 
He's actually called the leader, and the girl is called the follower, and she just holds on. Like, all right, this is fun. Yay, I have no idea where we're going. Walk with me, work with me. See, I almost tripped in my heels. Watch how I do it. <laughs> but they're there to catch you in case you do trip. And they, the, the partner prompts them for their next move. They move their arm a certain way. The girl knows, oh, we're going to go this way now. They're preparing them. We're going to go that way. And that's how Jesus leads us. He directs our steps. We just follow. We rest in his arms. We rest in his embrace. And we just lean into the rhythm. We're like, this is good, Jesus. Let's go. Sometimes there are fast moments. Sometimes there are slow moments. Sometimes he's like, all right, let's twirl, twirl you. Spin you around right there. And then sometimes he dips us. If he stops, we stop. If he moves, we move. The dance just involves walking, working, and watching. So Jesus says, walk with me. My husband and I love to take our family on walks together. We just love the pace of a walk. It's like some of the best exercise you can get. We love the quality time you experience on a walk. We love the chance to talk to each other and just enjoy life together. Jesus says, walk with me. Get to know me. Get to know my heart, my pace. There's an ease and enjoyment when you walk in his grace. Talk to him. Pour out your heart to him. And see what he wants to say to you through his word. Isaiah 55.10 talks about the Bible. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. His word brings joy and peace to your life. And as you walk with him, you get to know what he says about you. You get to know what he says about your life. He doesn't want you to read his word as a religious obligation. Remember, you get burnout on religion and Jesus isn't about that. He wants you to experience his love and his presence. He wants you to discover keys for life. So many things we wonder about, God already spoke it in his word. We don't even have to wonder. We just follow it. That's a lot of how I lead this church is I follow Jesus. I look at the Bible, I look at Hope Church, and I love how we're becoming more like Jesus. And yet there are places where we haven't scratched the surface of what God wants to do. I always tell my team, there are no rules, just the word of God. If the Bible says something, we do it. If it says don't do it, we don't do it. Life is pretty simple when you have the instruction manual. So Jesus says, walk with me and then work with me. He says, do your work. Work is good. It gives us purpose. It's not where we get our identity from, but it's purpose. We do the work of our job, of our home, of our family. We do it with Jesus. He says, work with me. I want to do your work with you. Romans 12:1 says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. In everything you do, in every part of your life, let him show you how to live. Work with him. Embrace what he does for you. Work with him to get out of those cycles that hold you back. Work with him to get out of those things that trip you up. Run to the flow of grace like we talked about in week one of this series. You can check it out online if you missed it. So we walk with him, we work with him, and we watch how he does it. He says, let me show you how to do it. Let me show you how to help you be who God made you to be. Let me show you what he put within you when he created you. I'll show you who you are because of Jesus. 
It says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Whenever we don't know what to do, remember, he does. Jesus has the solution. Remind yourself, okay, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. I'm going to get to know Jesus. I'm going to do life with him. And I'm going to look at how he does it. I'm going to trust him to be the leader of the dance. I'm going to trust him to help me through the hard times. I'm going to trust him to take me on an adventurous journey that I never even expected I would be on. I'm going to trust him for a really good life to the full. Let him take the lead. He does it better than we do because he can see everything. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows what we don't know, and he has really good plans for us, plans for a hope and a future. When you're living by grace, you don't have to have it all figured out. Come on, because you know the one who does. That's right. We know the one who does. We don't have to have it all figured out. Another translation gives us a different picture of what it's like to rest in grace. So first, we have the picture of the walls. Second, we have Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus uses, uses like a farming analogy here. He's like, okay, you farmers, you know, oxen have a yoke that holds them together. And there is one ox that's like really strong. And then there's like a younger one who has no idea what's going on that you link up to the older one. And together they get stuff done. So Jesus is like, hey, I'm the seasoned ox. I'm going to take on the bigger burden. When the older ox moves, the younger ox follows. So it moves to the right. The other ox moves with it. It moves to the left. The other ox moves with it. If it doesn't, if the younger ox is like trying to go out this way, man, it feels the strain of trying to go its own way. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy. If you're weary and burdened, he doesn't say stop working. He says, come to me and I'll show you a better way. He says, remove the yoke of the law that you put on yourself. Remove that yoke of perfection, that yoke of self-criticism, of having to be busy. You don't want to be yoked up to those things. He says, remove the yokes that other people put on you. The words that people spoke over you, of family patterns, of compromise, of addiction, the things that limit you, the yokes that pull you back, the yokes that weigh you down. Galatians 5.1, it says, It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, anything that holds you back is a yoke of slavery. If you're yoked to them, they tell you where to go. But we've been set free to be free because of Jesus. And we don't have to go back to the old way of life. Come on. We get to choose the yoke of freedom with Jesus. Jesus says, take on my yoke of grace. I'll carry what you can't. I'll do the heavy lifting. And at the same time, I'll take you where you could never go on your own. And you can learn from me. I'll show you how to live the best life. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. Don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. So what he's saying here is, I'll guide you, I'll advise you, I'll watch over you, and your soul can rest. He's saying, you don't have to run ahead like a horse, because horses go too fast. Where he's like, come back, I'm pulling you back. Abraham did that. 
God promised Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. And Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they were already really old. And they're like, we don't have kids. We can't have kids. How's this going to happen? And so they come up with this great plan. And Sarah's like, you know, Abraham, you should sleep with my servant. That way you can have a baby with her and we can get this whole promise started. We're getting impatient. And so he does that. And he does have a baby with her handmaiden. And, you know, the baby ends up causing some tension, obviously. And then the promise came to pass, and he had a baby with his wife. God's promise happened. Don't run ahead of his promises. Don't try to force things just because you're not seeing what you're believing for yet. God knows what he's doing. You don't have to do things on the outside of his plan. You don't have to resort to self-promotion. You don't have to resort to manipulation. You don't have to be stressed. If God's telling you to wait, simply follow his lead. Wait. Trust the process that he's got you in. And at the right time, God moves the right pieces in place. He makes the right people connections that we can't make happen. And it's probably not on our timetable, but his timetable is better than ours. We don't have to run ahead of his plans like a horse. And at the same time, the Bible says, don't drag your feet like a mule. Where God's like, come on, trust me, let's go this way. A mule goes too slow. Sometimes you got to pull them forward. A relationship with God isn't a waiting game. It's not like, well, God, if you just give me a sign, I'll come with you. He's like, I said it. You can trust me. If my word says it, follow my lead. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't worry about the what ifs. What if this person says no? What if I don't have enough? What if I fail? He's got you. He has promises for us. He says things like, those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish. So you don't have to wonder, should I be a part of his church or not? He says, if you want to get planted, you're going to flourish. It's a promise. He's like, come on, come with me. He says things like, when you tithe, when you return the first 10% of your income, back to me, I promise to bless you. People think churches are all about money. That's the furthest thing from the truth. God is about us being transformed. He's about us experiencing his promises. He says things like, you can love your enemies like Jesus. You can pray for them and you can bless them even when they don't deserve it. It doesn't matter what other people think. Maybe your spouse is like, what? I thought we hated our neighbor. No, no, no. I'm going to choose to bless them because that's what Jesus says to do. The soldier Naaman, he went to the prophet Elisha for healing. And Naaman had like this um, leprosy where his skin was really just rotting away. It's pretty gross. So he goes to Elisha and he's like, hey, will your, will your God heal me? And Elisha's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he says, go to the Jordan River and I want you to wash in it seven times and you'll be clean. The Bible says that Naaman got really angry and he's like, I just wanted him to heal me on the spot. I don't want to have to do something. And then he's like, besides, the Jordan River, it's disgusting. I mean, I know my skin is falling off, but ew, I don't want to go in that water. And his servants are like, maybe you should try it. He did it and he was healed. But he almost missed out on his healing because he wanted to do things on his own timeline. Don't drag your feet when God asks you to do something, even if it's different than what you imagined. Last week, we talked about blessing and praying for our enemies because that's what grace does. We talked about forgiveness. If you were here last week, have you done the things that God spoke to your heart? Or are you holding back? Maybe ask yourself, what am I waiting for? 
Stay in the rhythm of grace. Don't run ahead like a horse. Don't drag behind like a mule. Move at his pace. Let him guide you and respond to his promptings as he speaks to you. He might bring someone to mind for you to pray for or encourage. He might give you a dream about someone. It's in the Bible, Acts 2.17. You can look it up later today. That happened to me a few months ago. I had a dream and I felt like God wanted me to encourage someone to tell them that he's proud of them. And so I went up to them one day and I said, hey, this is going to sound weird, but I had a dream about you and I think God wants me to tell you that he's proud of you. And she started crying. She said, yes, I've been having a really bad week. And that was exactly what I was waiting to hear from God. I love that so much. Maybe God speaks something to you while we're worshiping, while we're singing these songs. That happened to a friend of mine. She felt like God wanted her to tell someone that he is more than enough for them. And she told me, I kept making excuses in my head so I didn't have to do it. Like, well, maybe on a different song, maybe give me a sign. She's like, but I did it anyway. And God used her to share his love. Maybe you notice someone seems down and you ask them, is everything okay? When it would be easier to keep moving and not take the time to see them where they're at. Walk with him, work with him, watch how he does it. Stay in step with him. He'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep getting to know him, keep relating to him and resting in him. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly, not bogged down or burn out but burning bright. Our last verse, Jesus says, John 10, 10, I came that they may have and enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy life. And that they have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus came so we can have eternal life in the future, yes, but also an enjoyable life now. A life that overflows with his grace. When you extend yourself to others as Jesus leads you, you won't feel empty, you'll feel blessed. In Jesus, we find rest for our souls, our mind, will, and emotions. We find salvation. We find eternal life. And the way that we receive that rest and walk in grace is simply by coming to Jesus. And right now, 